Hey, it's Beth here, episode 420. I wasn't gonna do a news hound this week, but I found this adorable article in the vows section of this Sunday Styles New York Times. It's so sweet. So, okay, but I don't understand some of it because this couple met and she, he said, I don't remember this much cuteness from her. When he met her, he was like, eh, nah, whatever. And she was like, you know, I just got out of a long-term thing and I didn't really care. Years go by. I think those years that go by get a girl closer to 30 because this guy is very, very cute. Anyway, she gave him another chance and it went well. And he was ready and she was ready and they looked at each other and uh, realized that there was something there because they both prioritize families. Okay, these two are beautiful. And this isn't an episode of Shrek. I don't get it. I don't know what, well, anyway, they say, these kids say there's too many options on all those dating sites. And you look at so many beautiful people and you can have all of them, kind of like the King of Siam. I mean, maybe you don't want anything if you can have everything. I know that's how bulls feel when there are 32 cows. So maybe that's the problem, I'm not sure. But anyway, they got together. The problem was, her name is Ariana, said, I don't care if you propose to me when you ever propose to him in my bathrobe or in my pajamas, I just need to have my nails done. Well, she was going months without getting her nails done and he was getting nervous. So we told her that there was a photo shoot, shoot in Coral Gables that they were both gonna be in got her out of her pajamas, which I admire, and got her nails done. So they drive up in this golf cart for the shoot, and there's Dom Perignon. She's like, wow, these people are loaded. This is a great shoot. And then he turns it into, you know, as he fin as they finished, there, were, there was a row of pillows strewn with rose petals and a huge sign that said, Ariana, will you marry me? Well, that's just, that's lovely. So they get married in... Miami, and there's a thing in Miami called Crazy Hour, Horaloka, and they had one at the wedding, and it involves waiters came out with sparklers, glasses of champagne, and glow sticks. I think that's lovely. Everybody went crazy and had a good time, but both the bride and groom, here's why I love this, their standout moment was a quieter one. After the ceremony, Miss Rudas, that's Ariana's grandmother, maternal grandmother Maria sang an a, a cappella, no background, you know, instruments, Cantiga Aprende. It's about how with me she learned how to see life through the eyes of a loved one, to see love in a different way. It's a beautiful song. Mr. The husband, the boyfriend, the groom said everyone listening was in awe. It was so quiet. It was so powerful. So their wedding, the highlight of their wedding was the grandmother, which I'm interested in because I want to be, she's probably my age, and I want to be important at the ceremony. So then there's some girl, her name is Eileen Kelly, and she deals with her mental health struggles um, in a podcast. We've been doing that for years. Okay, but she's so much cuter than I am, so much. So then, the Birkin bag, you know that really, really expensive bag that was designed for this Birkin girl, Jane Birkin, and she wanted some place to put all her kids' toys. Okay, come on, lady. 
it's $8,000. So now people are roughing up their Birkin bags because somebody, this is what they're, they're trying to get me to believe, ready? Someone carrying a beat up Hermes bag, Birkin bag, suggests that the person is not simply wearing it because of its label, according to Mr. Marks. That's the guy who's trying to sell this load of you know what to us. It can give the impression, he wrote, that I don't care if it gets beat up because I'm not using this for status marking. It's just a bag. Who cares? It's just a beat up bag. What? Come on. Come on. You can go to Marshall's and get a beat up bag for $10. And you can really throw it around. I'm not convinced that those girls are just like, oh, who cares? Give me a break. Okay. Now this one in the modern love section, which actually on Netflix, they've got a series called Modern Love, and it's based on these stories. I cannot wait to see how they pull this one off. Because this guy, okay, he got on some site, right? He found this beautiful girl with this beautiful pro profile. She, he loved her nose, okay? She was 40, she was 36, he was 43. He got out of, um, she just got out of a seven-year relationship. He said he, he could never manage anything close to seven years. We're gonna find out why, okay? So there, she arrives and she's surprisingly guarded. I don't think I was what she was expecting. I saw a picture of her ex on Instagram. He's kind of hunky looking and really beautiful, well-groomed with hair like a 20-year-old. Oh my gosh. She ordered an orange wine. I forgot to find out what that is. She touched my arm and ordered another one. She got warmed up. He had another gin. He wasn't nervous anymore. Things started going well. I guess that's the moment it all started for me. The point of emotional no return. We walked to a restaurant arm in arm. I replied to her, okay, and then and she texted him when she got home. And he replied, and she said, me too, XX. He went crazy, but they didn't see each other for three weeks. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I sense uh, trouble as a brew. Every day, okay, so he had this tree that he bought, right? And it was an olive tree. So he goes up to the cash register and the guy says, look, why don't you get that scruffy looking one because it actually makes olives. This one is just beautiful. He goes, olives. I've always wanted to own an olive tree that made olives. So we got the scruffier one and paid for it and went home. Every day he would inspect his tree to see if flowers bloomed. The flowers bloomed and then they fell. He was probably breathing too much carbon dioxide on them. I don't know. Over the next few weeks, he watched his olive tree and in these three weeks that he was waiting for this girl to show up or come back, a little olive started, a real one. It was so tiny. He got so, it was as big, it grew to be the size of his fingernail. He was over the moon. He imagined having a party when, when it was time for it to be harvested. <laughs> Friends would come over and we would pickle it. He's going to pickle one olive. This guy is insane. I love him. So, so he's the smooth skin turned into wrinkled skin and it got smaller. When the olive finally fell, I knew exactly what it was meant for, why it existed. I put it in a small jar with a metal lid on. <laughs> for some reason, I put it in the freezer. <laughs> this poor little olive. Oh my gosh. She returned on Saturday and we arranged, oh yeah, she went away for another week or two. She returned on Saturday. They were gonna meet the following Thursday when he picked her up. He had the olive in his car. 
<laughs> no getting a feel. He wasn't getting the same feel from her. He wasn't. They weren't that close. But they went to a gallery, and she let him put her arm around her. Okay. I couldn't stop stroking her bare legs. He does this all the time. I mean, I feel sorry for this girl. He could not stop. I think she kept moving her legs. She probably moved to another table, and he lunged at her and went for her legs again. When I drove her home, she told me she was freezing her eggs. <laughs> People deserve each other, actually. She said the injections might affect her mood over. Uh, her mood might, you know, get bad. It can't get worse than this. She, he said, I couldn't imagine anything more beautiful than her freezing her eggs. It gave me hope that we had a future. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, he picked up the glass jar when she said this thing about freezing the eggs. He picked up the glass jar from the ashtray. You know, the glass jar, the olive. She jokingly asked if it was his sperm. <laughs> his one sperm cell. This is actually pretty cute. I told her she was funny. I recounted the story of, my, of how the olive arrived. He gave it to her. She said she had, to, she had a friend coming in for the weekend and she'd be gone for three weeks. I, I remember smelling the side of her neck for a moment too long. I think I made a mistake with that little move. The guy goes, oh my God, he wanted her to be closer, but he had to wait for three more weeks. So he finally, the three weeks are up, he calls her. He hopes she's free on Friday. He, sa he sat down and typed this message out to her about how life-changing life it was to meet her. And it was around lunchtime the next day that he got a bad feeling and he'd been ghosted. He was so upset. She asked if they could be friends. She said it was really nice meeting him. She asked if they could be friends. He couldn't sleep that night. The idea of her having his olive kept agitating him like a pea under a princess's mattress. He said that I did not. The next morning, he was furious and he texted her. He wrote, one final request. We're not gonna be friends. Please, that damn olive. If you haven't already, can you toss it in the trash? It meant so much to me, and I made a miscalculation giving it to you. I don't want it back. I'd just rather it didn't exist. I ended the message with something light. I didn't want to sound dramatic. He sounds insane. Dramatic would have been better. She never got back to him. This guy is still wondering, but he's happy he asked, but he's just wondering what happened to us all. Okay, now this one is a tiny love story. It's right underneath. I donate, this girl donated her. Okay, so she starts. I donate my kidney for the same reason anyone donates a kidney, kidney to lose weight. Ha ha ha. That's funny. That's not true, obviously. I donated my kidney because my childhood best friend's mother needed a kidney. That's sweet. I was a match and that was that. But before the donation, the hospital transplant coordinator called my best friend's mother to tell her that I am gay. They asked her if she knew and if that was okay. She did not know and of course it was okay. She now lives happily with my kidney and I live happily with my husband, Andrew. Oh, he was a guy, okay, I get it. A nurse who helped me heal. So the nurse, the transplant coordinator had to make sure that somebody would be okay with a gay kidney. I'm wondering where this world is going. I mean, that is just crazy. This is the nicest person in the world, and you're going to do that? Whoa. First we go to olives, and then we go to kidneys, and now we go to 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so we've got we've got crazy things happening in the world of fashion. Okay, let me see if I can find that. It's really good. Okay. Fashion, fashion, fashion. Alright. The crazy they oh then there's another adventurous couple. Um okay, well they were life buddies. This is so funny how all these people don't find each other sexually attractive till they turn 31. So she fell in love with this guy after they'd been friends for years, constantly climbing mountains and everything. And the guy is so good looking, I don't know how she could have not seen it. She would help him with his girlfriend problems. It's, it's crazy. So anyway, they got married and he is half Chinese and half Jewish and I've never seen anybody look better than this guy. So, and she's, she's Indian. So they had a wedding that had Chinese lion dancing and the hora and, and all the Indian customs. They're just an Indian beautiful wedding wear and they look so happy. But all this friendship stuff is, I just don't get it. Okay, the stuff about um, fashion, just, oh yeah. Oh, this is so amazing, okay. so. In Milan, they're having the big fashion show, right? The biggest designer, the one everybody wants to be with, is Diesel. It's jeans. Very, very expensive jeans. And underwear that says Diesel on it in one line and then one line underneath it. Hugely expensive stuff. It just looks exactly like all those jean shops in the mall. I'm like, but Diesel, the word Diesel. Nobody can stop saying it. Like, how do you get to be Diesel? How do those marking geniuses do it? I have no idea. The fabric isn't even good. Everything looks worn out. And the underwear, everybody's showing their Diesel, Diesel, Diesel underwear. I'm like, are you kidding me? I would be embarrassed to tell people, show people that I spent 250 bucks on a pair of underwear. Ugh. Anyway, and they're not even good looking. They don't hug the body. They're not cut well. There is nothing about this. Inside out jackets, jackets with four arms. I'm like, really? The girls don't even look pretty. The guys don't even look pretty. It's just dumb. Okay, so then, now I'm finished with that whole section. I go on to the obituaries, okay? Because that's where my heart is. Didn't find one at all. Went to the Wall Street Journal. There is this guy, Martin Harmon, okay? He's born in 34 died February 23rd. Martin is the father, he's a good looking guy, nice smile, real nice smile, real open face. Martin is the father of 11 children, 37 grandchildren, and 29 great-grandchildren. He leaves behind his cherished, cherished wife of four years. Okay, wait, let me read it again because it's hard. Okay, Martin is the father of 11 children, 37 grandchildren, and 29 great-grandchildren. He leaves behind his cherished wife of four years, Catherine Harmon. Are you kidding me? She didn't do any of the heavy lifting in this one. Okay, so we go on, we find out Martin's first wife, Barbara, has six of his children. She died, okay, so that, that was a good marriage. Jean Culpaper is the mother of two of Martin's children. She died too, okay. Okay, so that's all, that's all fine. The mother of his three youngest children, Etna Virgil, Mount Etna. I didn't say Mount Etna. I'll take that back. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Et, et, Etna Virgil survives him. Okay. 
So, he worked full time up until the day before he died. In his spare time, Martin especially enjoyed taking long walks. I don't think that's what Martin especially enjoyed, okay? But what he was doing was trying to make enough money so that all of his children could work, have jobs, a legacy. So that's why he had to work up until the very last minute. Okay, he started, he started selling um, <laughs> like door-to-door -door salesman, right? For selling cookware. So he'd bake a little cake, he'd put a Hershey's candy bar on top and it would melt and be frosted. Women would be dazzled by this. He made a ton of money. Finally bought himself a caregiving facility. Okay, so the day he bought it, the day the, es the day after escrow closed, the entire septic system failed. So he learned how to do that and that became his career. Martin is a worker, I will tell you that. He doesn't take no for an answer. So he got his contractor's license and the rest is history. He just kept going and going and going. He, he developed so many properties that people didn't even know where all the properties were. But he had to do it for his legacy, for his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and uh, I don't even know what his, Catherine was up to. Who knows, she's probably having a baby too. His desire was for his business to go on and on and on and on and on because he had these 11 children. It's actually a pretty cute story. But that's all I've got. But I had to tell you about, well, first of all, the grandmother, that the couple, you know, what they bonded over was their families. And they equal, those two, the beginning couple, equal time, both families. Everybody loves everybody, and I think that's really sweet. And I think the grandmother's song is just lovely. So, but Martin, at the end, I'm telling you, 11, when I read it, I spit out my coffee. I mean, <laughs> his cherished wife of four years. Can you imagine how that made the other ones feel? It's probably why they died. I'd be like so mad. So anyway, just remember, but he, but he took responsibility for himself. And up until his very last moment in his 80s, he worked like a dog every day to provide for every one of these children so they could all tap into nepotism and live their lives. So it's kind of cute. Anyway, that's all I've got. And I will be back. Thanks. Bye-bye.